0: Welcome to Essential Dynamics. I'm Derek Hudson. I'm the developer of the Essential Dynamics Framework and host of the Essential Dynamics podcast. I'm thrilled to have Mike Palmer back on. Mike, thanks for coming back. Thank you. Um, On the podcast, we like to explore uh, principles of Essential Dynamics through deep conversations with interesting people. Mike kind of laid it all out there in our last episode about um, how he we went from budding doctor to uh, landscape construction entrepreneur. And just kind of at the end of the podcast last time, Mike, you were talking about how the, I, you know, if, if I were to put it in slightly different words from what you said, um, you, you talked about how you loved your work because it was solving these complex problems. And every time you solve a problem, you were able to advance uh, your organization, I, I believe that you, um, have always done really good work. And so you have this solid reputation. You grew by referrals, but at some point the business got, uh, hit the limit of your own personal capacity to run it. And, and you talked about the burden of going home and having everything on your back and, and how that, and you didn't say this, but I, I know that's relentless right? Like there's too many problems to solve, no place to turn. Um, and, uh, what, what was your, um, what what would you say your sort of level of optimism was at some of those harder points?
1: Well, my level of optimism at some of those harder points would be like, I am done. Uh, (laughs) someone else can deal with this. Uh, but, but to be honest, there, there's two things that kind of brought me back around. One was I'm a, I'm a husband and a father and um, it's my responsibility to take care of them and protect them and, and I never wanted my children to um, ever be left wanting. Um, and so that what, what kind of brought me back, that was the one thing. And my wife's unfailing uh, support
0: and, and, and then provi- carry on, sorry,
1: go ahead. No, you go ahead, Derek. Uh,
0: so so that provided uh, I'm not necessary, maybe we'll get to your wife in a second. I'm not sure that, that that's an automatic formula for optimism, but it's definitely a formula for not quitting. Yeah, well, you know for me, uh, and we
1: talk about this as a team um, all the time is is creating that vision or as you call it, those drivers, right? Um, that at the end of the day, when you can't, uh, at the end of the day, food has to go on the table. At the end of the day, you need a place to live. And that was my level of motivation at times. That's a fact, but what, what kind of brought me, so that, that was a foundation. But second to that is I also had a lot of very good uh, people that I work with and I dreaded ever letting them down. Um, they, I still have, I have a couple, well, more than a couple, uh, a good number of staff members that had sacrificed and continue to sacrifice a lot for Valley landscape. And the fact that I just couldn't let them down, I, I, there's no way I could let them down. And, uh, so that when things were hard, that's what, kept me going was i just i i didn't ever i've always had the attitude derek that if something didn't ever work out it wasn't going to be because i didn't do everything within my power and to to not allow that to happen um there's been many circumstances in my life uh whether it's in business or in personal where something happens and it's like you know do I want to look back after this this uh, difficult time has passed? And do I want to be able to say, hey, if it didn't work out, I put everything on the table. I put everything on the line. Or do I want to look back and say, oh, but what if? I never wanted to have a what if life. I always wanted to have a, this was because of something that I did and planned and worked with other people and did my absolute best to solve the problem. And sometimes, if that's not good enough, then that's okay. I'm okay with it then, but not if I don't put it all on the
0: line. So, so I uh, I, I feel like I should take my question back because uh, when you talk like that, optimism isn't doesn't have to be a factor. Like the sense of responsibility is so great that um, that's all the motivation you need. Now, you need a little bit more than that because you you need to your mind to shift to a different place so you can see problems differently and solve them differently. Um, but I, I I just want to, um, sort of highlight the emphasis on responsibility, which is not something that seems to be all that popular these days.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, Derek, it, it, that, that sense of responsibility to me, it's, it's like when I, I, I like the analogy of looking at a picture, any picture, uh, I think too many times when we have problems, whether it be in, in life or in business, we, we get our eyes right up close to that picture where we can't see the whole picture. We're only seeing a small little portion of it. And at times we need to take a step back and and look at, so you can see the whole picture, whether, you know, insert the picture to be problem, insert the picture, picture to be opportunity. But if we don't step back, to take a look at the whole picture, you, how do you ever go about solving to get to where you want to be? D- does
0: that does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. One of the ways I think about that, and, and you know, we, sometimes we talk about working in the business, which is in the day-to-day, on the production line, creating value for the customer, and then working on the business, which is stepping back and looking at the system with which we create that value and seeing if they're better ways to set up that or operate that system. And when you're in the system, you can't see the system. No, hundred percent. You can't see the system. No. And, and so stepping back um, and I, you, you took that opportunity when you stepped back from this business, that was a burden on your back. When you step back a little bit, what did you see and what was different?
1: So when I stepped back, I saw what, what you just said is like, I was way too involved in the business uh, so much the fact that it Mike Palmer was the limiting part of the business. Does that make sense? Like I was the the constraint of the business in a very real sense.
0: So um, I, I, I just, I have to say this because this was an insight I got uh, only recently. Um, we talk about, the general principle that's discussed in the theory of constraints that management attention is the ultimate constraint of the business. Uh, but I also know that there's actual, uh, actually, a production flow, and somewhere in that production flow, there's probably a you know an actual constraint of how the value is created. Uh, and my my realization when I when I finally got it clear in my head was the constraint of the business, the in the business thing we're talking about is some physical constraint of flow. Yes. And and the constraint of on the business is management's ability to pay attention to the right things. So when the the guy, the Mike Palmer, the owner is in the business, you're both like, like yeah. people can't make a decision because the boss has to be there to check it people can't, um, can't solve a problem because the boss is the only one who knows how to solve the problem. You become the constraint of operating in the business. And that's what, it, that's what was happening, right? Uh, exactly what
1: was happening. Now I do, I, that is a
0: very good summary. And I do want to
1: clarify something though. And you and I have talked about this before that, you know, some people when they get going on a business, they're like, I don't want to allow myself to get caught working in the business. I just want to work on the business. And, I think that sometimes business owners sell themselves a bit short because they've never worked in the business. They don't have the ability to solve problems the way that all somebody else has done has worked on the business. Like how do you work on the business? If you don't know what the business is. So I'm, I'm not suggesting, you and know, I've talked about this plenty of times that, you know, I wasn't physically behind the shovel. Although I, uh, I wasn't necessarily in the machine unless I wanted to. And as you know I actually hush I love getting in, in a dozer like right? or a grader like I I just you know every you feel like you're a little kid playing in a sandbox but it, it yes that that concept of of me becoming was and that was a very humbling realization to actually have to make and admit to yourself that say listen you're you're the con- I used to always talk about constraints what's the bottleneck in the business and not only are you looking at the me- <laughs> Looks look and it's like hey you actually are the constraint here mike and you need to do something about that if, if you want to continue to grow and that's the other thing that you know derek i don't like to have things just good and steady and my neighbor brent at my house he's like mike you just love to make problems for yourself don't you he said this to me about 10 years ago and i'm like i'm a bit taken back by that at first but i thought like, you know what brent that's actually true but but yes, how do you how do you move things forward? And uh, that's humbling. I think to it was very humbling for me to realize, yeah, you know what, I needed to do this uh, for my mental health, for the relationships that I had. I had to do it. I was almost forced into that position, not because of complacency, but because of my attitude that I always want to to allow things to grow. Because by all means, Derek, and you know this, things could have just kept going the same, and that for some people that's good, but that was not good for me. So.
0: Well, um, so what, what changed or what changed first? So you've stepped back and you've said, Hey, I'm so tied up in the business. I'm slowing things down. So, so what did you, what did you change?
1: I picked up the phone and called Derek Hudson. And if if that's what you're asking, um, I knew I needed help, but I also knew that I'd have to allow myself to be vulnerable. And I, I just call it correct or not I wasn't willing to be vulnerable with just anybody uh you know exposing yourself takes it once again as a, a certain level of humility and courage and and I needed to know who I was going to deal with and and um and I've known you for some time and and you were having a change in employment and I'm like oh man I actually uh, I'm going to call him and I, I think Derek you actually called me
0: Like, I think I got you first, but we were on the same page right away.
1: You called me, but I was literally, I just didn't, I'm like, Derek's this former executive and knows all this stuff. And I had always been wanting, like, ah, he doesn't have time for somebody. Like, like he's, you know, very nice man, but wouldn't you know, he's too busy with this important stuff and I'm not. And then, so we chatted and then uh, you, you, what did it for me was really helping to get this stuff out of my head first just talking about it was one, but then coming up with a framework of how to do something about it. And that was really transformational to not only myself, but to, to the business. Cause I, I still remember as we sat, so we got together as a group, all of my, my main staff and, um, and, and we talked about these things of, you know, these are the kind of the Valley landscape that we want to build together. And the staff member were all about, all on board. And I still remember feeling when they said, yeah, this is, this is what we want to do too. It's it just a huge sense of relief. And I, I, I still remember I got quite emotional because it was like, wow, like these people really are all in with this business. And it, it, it has totally changed my perspective since.
0: So there was one moment when you felt that weight go away. Yes. And uh, I imagine you've felt weight again, but it's not the same not
1: the same at all. So we, uh, it, it's not the same knowing that somebody's carrying that weight with you and that's uh literally we see, if you know, two people carry a hundred pound weight. It's a heck of a lot easier to carry than if just one does it itself. Well, figuratively in, in business, I believe that's the same as well.
0: One of the things that I know happened is you've given your team responsibility, but it's not just delegation. It's not just or, or abdication. You guys are building a system and uh, your focus now is on, you know, is on uh, what's, what does the system need to do and, and how's it going to get set up and is it working as yep. opposed to being a cog in the wheel in that system?
1: That's right. And and that's a totally different paradigm, right? Um, to... Well, first of all, to get to that point of the system, Derek, as you would note, is a lot of work. That, that's a, that's a ton, that's a ton of work to figure out what works. And, and this system for us is continually evolving. It's, it's not like it's done, but that's, that's where I come in. That's my job is to, okay, this part of the system isn't working. What do we need to do to improve the system? And the fact of the matter is, is, is if I'm not stepped back to look at that, how does the problem ever get solved? So you end up spinning in this hamster wheel without that system because you, you can't, you don't even know the problems there. And, and, uh, because you're too close to the picture if going back to that analogy. And, and so, yeah, that's, that's been reinvigorating for myself is, okay, these, these, these processes are in place, there's checks in place. Um, I needed to know that, that, uh, Hey, I'm willing to, to invest and in trust in these individuals, but I still need to know that it's not just close my eyes and 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 stop. And so I I spent a lot of time working on that system and, and say, okay, you know, this is kind of working, but this needs to be tweaked over here. This is just not working. It needs to be changed all altogether. And and you know it's interesting because whenever we have just yesterday, whenever we've had incidents or problems show up, it's when people do not follow the system. And and including myself You know, if I find myself wanting to, I have a bunch of other things to do and I find myself wanting to hop in that big piece of equipment because it's just relaxing for me. Like you cannot do that. You've got to stay focused on on what you have to get done. And so, so yeah.
0: So, uh, you said almost categorically that if a problem arises, it's because someone didn't follow the system.
1: That's exactly it. And we go through time and time again. It's like, okay, what happened here? Was the process fall? No, it wasn't. And okay, well, let's. It's, it's great because you have that confidence to fall back on it. Um, by all means, there's still some things that, that arise and it's like, okay, the framework is that we now need to develop something for that. And I think we've been good too of not, because I do believe that you can overcomplicate the system. Yeah. Right where you're, you're sitting there so much. You're running things by a checklist, and um, I, I do think there's that fine fine balance between okay, we're we're operating this by checklist versus a something that has flow to it. Right, you and I have talked about flow. There needs to be good flow to things, and if there's not good flow to things, why is that happening? Well, it could be happening because there is no system process in place, or it could be because the process that's in place is so um so burdensome that you just you know you're looking you're you're looking more at the paper instead of a job site
0: Uh, that's fantastic now uh i'm just taking back to your respiratory therapy checklist yeah Uh, you know that's so it's crazy it's full circle you know i think you've taught us an important principle is is the checklist or the system has to promote the flow and no more and, yes. and the problem that you had with respiratory therapy, and I've had in my mind with uh, optometrists, because I spent a lot of time in their office as a kid and, uh, and as an adult, uh, and dentists to a lesser degree, is uh, they know how their days are going to go. They're solving problems all day, but it's it's kind of within this limited set of uh, variables that they work with. Yes, and us business people, that's too constraining for us. We we want more variables.
1: Yes, and uh, Derek, people think that we're somewhat crazy for that mindset, but that really does fuel me. Like I I love the challenge of once again going back. Well, what did you learn in business school that applies to landscaping? And it's like I learned a framework that I not not egotistically or arrogantly uh, say this, but I, I just really feel like. I have the tools in place to be able to solve problems, and then um, working with the unconstrained group, that's just continued to grow. And it, it's literally reinvigorated me. We 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 had a couple people that uh, were interested in acquiring Valley. I was even like, like this isn't so bad. I'm just going to sell this business. Someone else can deal with the problems. So then now it's like, you know what? If somebody were to want to acquire Valley Landscape, it would have to be a great offer, not just a good offer because I'm loving what I'm doing again. I feel reinvigorated. I feel um, that there's not a lot of, there. there's very few things that uh, aren't fulfilling. I'm excited to go to work. I like going to work. I like seeing the people that I work with, whether it be a person that's sweeping a floor or watering a plant or or him that's managing all of my operations. I just, I love seeing these people. I love being with them. And and having these frameworks in place have really created safety, and and uh, going back to those university days, it's it's really created a framework where it's not a limited thing. Like it's the principles are in place to continue to grow and continue to learn, and continue to to overcome those obstacles. Not just for me, but for, for everybody that I work with.
0: So, Mike, this has been fantastic. Now, I just want to put you on the spot a little bit. So, you build this system over a few years. And you start to get confidence in it. Uh, what has that system allowed you to do in terms of growth in your company in, in the last? Well,
1: so like
0: numbers growth, or well, you, you don't have to share numbers, or, or you can if you want. But um, I, I, you've seen a, a you, you've got a lot more work on your hands than you used to have.
1: Yeah. So uh, definitely. So it, it, has, it has allowed us to grow. So our staff has, our, the number of staff that we have has doubled. Um, our sales has uh, grown in the past. The first year we started doing this, to, to be honest, there weren't a lot of tangible results that I could see other than what I felt. And know that's what you felt, but like I, I could feel inside there was a difference. So I look at that as my investment of time. And so for the first two years, it you know, we were kind of working through things. But this past year, because of the system and framework that we have had in place has allowed us to take on greater, way, way larger projects. And I, I believe we can continue to take on those larger projects. Um, and yeah, like it, uh, it has been an instrumental change and, and in, in my business as a whole, our, our sales are, uh, have grown this past year over 50% year over year. Um, and and it's only continuing to grow we haven't had a backlog in work like we have now in probably nine or ten years and that was through covid as well when things were slow so our backlog which is a good thing is continuing to increase because the amount of work coming our way is 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 significant and and it's great because we get to we get to do projects that are really neat and a lot of fun and challenging (laughs) but that's what makes them fun is that they're challenging and there's, there's things to continue to work on and to continue to learn and continue to grow. So,
0: so Mike, thanks for this. This has been uh, enlightening and fantastic. Uh, in parting, do you have any advice for business owners who feel like they go home with everything on their back?
1: Yeah. Is, is, is scary as it can be to open, open up to uh, solving those problems, that is exactly what you need. You need to be able to sit with somebody that knows how to, such as the team at Unconstrained, um, that knows how to strategically work through these things. Because I would suggest that it, it, it has to be the right fit with whoever it is that you're, you're working with. And, uh, um, But you have to be able to be vulnerable and and humble and agile, um, aggressive. And I know that those things may seem, how the heck does that work together? But you, you have to take advantage of the opportunities as they present themselves. And you know, don't be afraid to ask for help. I think as business owners, we start and it's like you realize there's sometimes it's lonely, but there's so many people that want to help. There's, there's just so many people that, that want to help and want to see your success. Even within your own industry, S- some great relationships that I have are relationships within our own industry, and we talk about our problems together. Hey, this is what I'm experiencing, and and, and you know some some other some of my competitors in the industry we don't. Everything's closed closed book, closed chest. Now we don't talk about numbers and all that stuff, but we openly talk about the challenges that we're having. So it starts with talking about it, and then then having the courage and I guess the willingness and determination to invest in that because you're you know you're not going to necessarily see the outcome of that maybe you will maybe some other companies are a lot more uh uh you see some of the financial results of that but even if you can just be able to go home at night and know that you've got a a group of people that are carrying that load with you just knowing that uh for your own uh mental health and sanity is worth. how much is that worth to have improved relationships with your family and friends. And, and I don't think you can put a number on that to be able to, to serve in the community. I don't, I don't think you can put a number on that. And to those, those things to me are the most valuable thing that I always want to be available to help uh, another person. And, uh, for me to be able to do that in a, in the way that I want to do it, I need to have space in my mind to be able to do that. And working with, uh, uh, somebody like yourself, Derek, allows me to do that. So.
0: Hey, thanks. That's, uh, I think that's, I think that's a topic of another podcast, but we'll have to arrange that later. Mike Palmer. I wasn't mean. Go ahead, Derek. No, Mike Palmer, Valley Landscape. Uh, Thanks very much for for being on the podcast. Um, I'm happy that you have a team that you can share the burden with. And if we go back to the Essential Dynamics uh, concept of being on a quest, uh, what an awesome fellowship you've uh, built around you. So I think that's uh, that makes all the difference in the world. And, and I've seen your family support up close as well. So uh, pleasure to be working with you and to have you on the podcast. So thanks, Mike. Thanks, Bryn. Yeah, no problem, Derek. Hey, one thing we do have to remind our listeners, this episode brings Season 3 of Essential Dynamics to a close. Now, in season three, we focused on helping leaders of organizations get clear on their challenges, their opportunities, and we've had some great conversations, too, like today's with Mike Palmer, who's a great way to wrap up season three. But make sure you stay tuned for season four, which is coming soon, and we intend to make Essential Dynamics more accessible, more useful, and more powerful in the lives and the organizations of our listeners. But, Derek, we can not wrap this up unless you say it. And until next time, everyone, consider your quest.